That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. Well, that's what she said. Welcome to That's What She Said, conversations with interesting people from the world of sports, music, comedy, and more, talking about their lives, careers, successes, and failures. Welcome into a special bonus That's What She Said podcast featuring Jane Skinner Goodell talking about her new documentary, A Lifetime of Sundays. It profiles the four matriarchs of the NFL, Virginia Hallis McCaskey of the Bears, Patricia Rooney of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Norma Hunt of the Kansas City Chiefs, and Martha Ford of the Detroit Lions. The film, which was made in partnership with NFL Films and is co-executive produced by Skinner Goodell and Michael Strahan, debuts on ESPN at 1 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, August 25th, and on ABC at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, September 1st. This is not only fascinating for anyone interested in what it's like to be an owner, but so much history of the NFL in old videos and photos and conversations with these women who are all 80 plus, some in their 90s. Uh, and so happy to have Jane here to talk about it. Let's go way back because in doing my research for this, I found out you're a Lake Forest girl. You went to Lake Forest High School. Those are my stomping grounds as well. So we matriculated from the same place. Yes, a few years apart, Sarah. <laughs> I will add. I'm slightly older than you are, but um, I know all about you because my nieces and nephew, my whole family, everybody is a Lake Forest High School graduate, and they used to tease me that when they would have finals during high school, they, in order to relax and get a good laugh, they'd go down and look at my photograph on the Lake Forest High School Wall of Fame because I looked so goofy senior year, like a conehead kind of. And then they would say, you know who's really cool who's on there? Vince Vaughn and Sarah Spain. They're like the real famous people on the wall of fame. I was just like the weak ear when they were looking for someone. So, oh, come on. Um, I'm That's very cool. excited to uh, get to talk to you and spend time with you because everybody in Lake Forest, is our, they're big SS fans. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that was that was a really cool moment to be on the wall and to like go back and see some people. And you kind of forget. Like Rob Palinka is a Lake Forest High School guy, you know, looking like Rob Lowe up on the wall, and yeah. of course Vince Vaughn, and yeah, you, you, uh, it, it's nice. And Matt it's Grievers, nice Swimmer. Yeah. There's a lot of really uh, cool people. Anyway, yeah, good people in sports. Um, so you, uh, you went to Northwestern after Lake Forest High School, and you became a news reporter. Uh, you kind of bounced around to a couple different gigs, but that was that was your big career before you kind of moved into motherhood and uh, being Roger Goodell's uh, right hand woman. <laughs> The other, the other half, um, the other commission in my life, in, in yes. addition to you now. Um, yes, I did. I went to um, Medill at Northwestern, and I did. I took a very traditional path where you in that business, and you start out in smaller markets and work your way up. So my first job reporting was in Duluth, Minnesota, uh, and then I moved on to Portland, Maine, St. Louis, Missouri. I was in Milwaukee. My goal, actually, my big career goal, I was um, a couple of years away from it, I think. When I was in Milwaukee, I really wanted to go back home. Uh, to work as a political reporter in Chicago. It was it's the place I loved the most. Um, I grew up in, in a kind of a family that was involved in politics, and that was my dream. And then I went to this wedding when I was still working in Milwaukee, and I sat at the table, and who was sitting at the table but this guy named Roger Goodell. And <laughs> somehow, fast forward, I ended up in New York City, not a place I ever thought I would be. Um, so then when I came to New York, I worked uh, in local news here for a little while and then uh, worked at the Fox News Channel for about 12 years. Um, so it was all fun, all totally exciting, cool places to be. Um, 
secretly, I still wish I was living in Chicago. I love it so much. And every time we meet someone who says something about Chicago, Roger says, don't bring it up. It's very yeah. painful. <laughs> so, but we go back a lot. We're coming back for the kickoff. Um, it's my mom's oh, nice. birthday and all that. So That's we're lucky. Great. Yeah, you mentioned the um, political ties. Your father, Sam Skinner, was the former Secretary of Transportation and White House Chief of Staff under George H.W. Bush. So when you got into news, was your intent always to try to find a path to politics? Or was it once you had already begun doing regular news that you were like, oh, I would like to find a way to that? No, I really intended to be a political reporter. To be very honest with you, I would have loved to have been a sports reporter. Um, There weren't a ton of women um, yeah. In sports, I grew up in a f- really sports-loving family, um, but there weren't a ton, and I didn't quite know how to do it. Um, and so politics was a second love for me or another love for me, so it made sense. So my first job in Duluth, I covered. That was my, um, I was the political reporter in Duluth, Minnesota, and um, ended up kind of trying to follow that path from there. Um, also very interesting, kind of like sports, a little bit of uh, play calling here and there. Um, uh, so it was really fun, but I, I do kind of secretly also have in my the back of my mind, if I had to do it over again, would I have maybe tried to be a sports reporter possibly? Yeah. Well, I feel like there's so many women who would have had there been, you know, we always say at ESPNW, if you can see it, you can be it. So I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me to do it till I was in my mid twenties, uh, because there just wasn't enough of it out there to see and be like, oh, that's an option. Um, so yeah, I bet if you were growing up now, you'd probably already be, you know, interviewing people in your backyard. Uh, just you definitely. Know. Well, you know, when I was doing an interview last week with Christine Brennan at USA Today, yeah. and we were just talking about when she, she actually, she and Roger met each other when they were both twenty three, twenty four. He was a brand new intern at the Jets, handing out press credentials. She, I think, she said it had just gone with the Miami Herald as a cub reporter. There, big break for her. And I said to her, like, what was that like to be a twenty three or twenty four year old woman at the time, um, you know, all those years ago being such a trailblazer. And she said it was great. It wasn't that easy, though, yeah. <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways. So there were people doing it, just not a lot. And I was not as brave as she was. Yeah, she's a massive badass and total, total, you know, leader in the in the field for women. Um, so you met Roger at a wedding. What was he doing yeah. at the time? Because I know he was not yet the commissioner. No, he's been there. Um, I was just doing the math this morning. I think he's been at the National Football League for 37 years. Uh, wow. He had started as an intern with the Jets. He con- he always laughs that he kind of did everything but work in the mailroom. I mean, one year he was driving for um, Pete Rozelle for, at the Super Bowl. Like They needed someone to ferry him around, and that's what he did. Um, so at the time, he was in business development. He had done international before that. He was in business development when we met. And then after we got married, he was in this role. I can't remember what his exact title was. He was like, I guess maybe he was a COO. He was kind of the equivalent of that and worked with um, very closely with Paul Tagliabue. So um, thankfully, um, I liked, loved football. So <laughs> if you didn't love football and you were married to a guy yeah. who is obsessed with it, it would probably be not so much fun. Um, the big joke was when he went to ask my dad if he could marry me. Um, <laughs> Said, Roger says, I don't know if I'm supposed to be telling the story. Roger says, your dad started crying. I couldn't tell if it was because he was losing his last <laughs> child and his only daughter or because he knew he got Super Bowl tickets for the rest of his <laughs> life. So we're still not clear what the tears were about. But needless to say, my dad said yes. And he said something to the effect of like, oh, you're so lucky, Roger. I've prepared her well for this yes. life because we've been yes. going to Bears games since 1972. So. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. 
So when he was going to take the job as commissioner, how much did you get that this was going to be massively life changing? Not necessarily monetarily, which it certainly seems like it has been. But I mean, like in terms of uh, attention, publicity, criticism, all that, because that's a big leap from really any other job in the front office there. Uh, yeah, you know, and at the time, I think, um, you know, times have changed so much. I think, obviously, the media and social media has changed, the attention has changed, and just the, the rapid pace, as you know, and I know, having worked in the business of the news cycle and all that, uh, social issues have now coincided with the league. So all those things you probably couldn't have really predicted. Um, right. But I, I also think that... Um, Roger kind of inhabits the job differently, maybe than Paul did before. I'm a huge fan of Paul's. He's a super bright, thoughtful lawyer, a little um, maybe um, on the quieter side. Um, and the job was quieter then. And um, Roger, as I say, he like came out of the womb, like shaking hands. He loves people. He loves <laughs> to engage. He loves to listen, um, get to know people. And um, he's has a very strong sense of self. And he, <laughs> bottom line, loves this game like you cannot believe. He did not sleep with a teddy bear. We have pictures of him sleeping with a small leather, leather football, oh, like wow. the, the Duke <laughs> footballs when he was little. Um, so, and he really had... Um, you know, he didn't dream about playing the Super Bowl. He like he wrote a letter to his dad upon graduation from college saying, I have two goals. One is to make you proud, Pop, and the other is to become commissioner of the National Football League. So it really was a dream for him. Um, I think he felt like he could, um, you know, kind of, as he talks a lot about protecting the shield, I think that's very, that is very important to him. That's authentic. And um, so I just think he jumped in with two feet and, um, so it did become very big. Uh, you know, it's a lot of the stuff has been unexpected, but he keeps um, a very cool head. I've never met anybody who um, right. kind of handles the pressure like he does. He he wakes up every day and is, says, we are grateful to be part of this. I'm so lucky and says that to our kids all the time. So um, it's been really, really fun, like chaotic some days, but um, but really, really fun. And it sounds like uh, you're, you're sort of being drawn to politics. You found yourself someone who you said was, you know, shaking hands out of the womb and knows how to handle all these situations. So it certainly feels like he's got, you know, sort of a penchant for that kind of life, too, which works out well for the job that he's in. Um, it does. But, and I, but I want to make it clear, like, he is not somebody who shakes hands because he's looking for votes and wants people to like right. him. Like, he does that because he is such a people person. He is so gregarious and he really just loves, like other people and sitting down and um, spending time with people. He doesn't love to, um, you know, kind of hibernate like alone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it isn't anything. It's really, it's, he likes deep personal connections. So, um, but I, I might get exhausted by that, but he gets energized by it. <laughs> well, that's a quality of us news reporters, people who are journalists, too, because we're just extremely curious. So it's like every every conversation I have, my husband's like, OK, that's enough questions. I'm like, I'm just genuinely interested. I just like really want to know everything about people that I'm talking to. Um, I know. Yeah. So let's get to this film, because I really enjoyed it. And not just because, of course, I'm a Bears fan and I uh, love anything involving, you know, Virginia McCaskey and, and sort of her history in the league. But um all of the other women were so fascinating as well. Whose idea was this film? Well, um, it was just this, it was mine. Uh, it was just this idea. I've been lucky enough to spend time with the four of them over the years in, you know, kind of private settings. Um, I've heard them tell the most 
incredible stories, which you'll hear in the film, um, about their lives, uh, about their teams, their communities. I mean, Virginia McCaskey talks about the birth of the NFL. They all were part of the growth of the NFL. Um, I had assumed all along that somebody was recording these uh, for history's sake. The women are all in their 80s and 90s. Virginia is 96 years old um, with the 100th anniversary approaching. So I asked and it turned out nobody was recording it. Mm. Um, Interestingly, the main reason why is that the women um, were too modest and that is they are too modest. And that is a word I feel like we don't hear a lot these days. Um, They didn't want to hear appear as if they were bragging. Um, I, I like to describe it this way. Like they come from the generation of we, which I consider to be like team and all about family and community. Right. We're in this generation of me. We talk about ourselves. Use your voice. Post a selfie. All um, your passion. Exactly. And let everybody know about it. Um, <laughs> their reluctance um, to be recorded and to be on camera to me was real. It was just unexpected. I have to say it was also very refreshing in this day and age. Um, I had no idea that the hardest part about all of it would be getting the four of them to say yes. Yeah. Uh, so it took months, months um, for me driving them a little bit crazy. Um, <laughs> and then they finally, one of them said, if, what if we all, what if all of us did something together? We, I, my original idea was to actually just do a single piece on each of the four of them. And then one of them smartly said, why don't we just do it together, right? There's comfort in numbers and we might have fun. We're not going to make a movie, though. We just have a nice little talk. (laughs) So I put put them together on a panel for the NFL annual meeting, and um, they were uh, absolutely like the breakout stars. Um, You could have heard a pin drop. We had like 500 people in the room, all different ages, men, women. And um, after that happened, we talked for about an hour and 40 minutes on the panel. And after it happened... Um, people came up to them and said, and took selfies and said, um, you've inspired me. And so Virginia McCaskey at, um, you know, at the time she was 95, came over to me afterwards and said, um, I'm sorry we gave you a hard time, that <laughs> we, we put you through a lot. And she said, I get it now. We get it. We understand that there's an audience for this. We'll yeah. do whatever you want. And I said, how about we make a movie? And she said, she's so funny with that, like, twinkle in her eye. And she said, email me. Oh, so she likes to be on her iPad, so yeah. I did, and then um, we just started right away, and so we spent last season together. I called NFL Films, and they were game for it because they've never done anything like that before, So, um, and no surprise, they didn't have a ton of archives. They didn't really have anything on the women themselves. Plenty on their spouses and fathers and things like that. But um, which is so crazy. it was, yeah. yeah, it was really really fun. So we spent basically spent the season with the ladies I call the Fab Four, um, and it was um, so much fun for the crew. And I think I think at the end of the day, the ladies got a kick out of it once they recognized um, really that there was the audience and that and they recognized the value of what they've contributed. Well, it's fun to see them together too, and the kind of playful you know, friendship plus competition. And I I love during that panel, you just talked about um, Rooney's talking about, you know, well, the Eagles won the most recent Super Bowl, but the Steelers and the Eagles used to be one team called the Steagles. So technically we were a part of it. And then McCaskey's like, you got enough trophies, Pat. And I just love that. Like, like, you know, at 96, she's like, that's exactly what I would have said. I would have been like, okay, haven't you had enough over there with the Steelers? And then Pat turns around at 87 and says to her, there's always room for one more. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> which is great. Well, um, yeah. So behind the scenes, there's so much interesting um, stuff. And I think, you know, you mentioned that that McCaskey told you how, how nice it was. And she kind of understood that there was a market for it now. But you also heard from uh, Mrs. Rooney about being treated differently, uh, despite having gone to those meetings forever. Yeah, I would say um, the somewhat unexpected consequence <laughs> of making the film for all of us, when that includes the four women, all of us on the crew, um, was that we really watched four women um, uh, well into the later stages of their life. They 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 did recognize their own value. Um, they embraced the idea finally that they were our legitimate trailblazers, um, shapers of NFL history. I. I just I can't tell you how powerful it was really for everybody involved. And so the story you're referring to is um, so we put them together on a panel at 2018 annual meeting. Exactly one year to the day later, we put had a uh, version of the film ready, uh, the 2019 annual meeting. And so we got about, oh gosh, everybody, probably about 800 people in the room and we watched it. And afterwards, Mrs. Rooney, um, who's now 80, she's 86 at the time and just turned 87, she walked up to me and said, I have been going, I mean, imagine this, I have been going to NFL annual meetings for more than 50 years. She was married to Dan Rooney, she's the daughter-in-law of Art Rooney, the chief, and she said, this is the first time that people have come up to me and wanted to talk to me as my own person, not mm. as the wife of somebody, not as the daughter-in-law of the chief just to me. Um, that I, w- I didn't know what to say. I was speechless. I, yeah. It wasn't what I expected. I thought it was really beautiful that somebody at that age was able to recognize that. And it just felt really relevant also in the times we're living in now. Um, so that was such a fun um, kind of like treat and unexpected, um, you know, as I said, unexpected consequence um, of, of putting everybody together and and getting it all on tape and kind of going through the season together with them. Well, I loved uh, in, in speaking about Pat Rooney, her dedication to Pittsburgh. And at every mm-hmm. moment you can see uh, she's so excited when someone else is a Pittsburghian and <laughs> when they know about the North Side. The fact that she still lives in the house that her deceased husband, uh, Dan Rooney, grew up in, not just mm-hmm. the home that they had together, but where he grew up. And um, that she asked him to her prom. I love that detail, like that she just always had this bit of independence and kind of a a spitfire. And also the fact that she had nine kids. I mean, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think there's there's something about obviously having um, being the wife of the owner for a long time means, of course, you have a ton of responsibilities, but it's not the same as actually taking over. So, you know, once her kids are older, it obviously makes it easier to take over as, you know, the person that's really in charge. But still, having nine kids, that job never really ends just because they get older. <laughs> no. So, No, and um, Virginia McCaskey had 11. 11! You know. I know. <laughs> I know. That's uh, crazy. It's all, and they all kind of just balance it so beautifully. Um, and they, you know, just, I also think this movie, there's so much football in this movie. Movie. Like Pat Rooney takes us, we relive the Immaculate Reception with her. Mm-hmm. Norma Hunt, it was at Super Bowl one. She was at every Super Bowl till Super Bowl fifty three. Virginia talks about her father in nineteen twenty. Her first memory is nineteen twenty seven. You know, so 
there's a ton of football, but I also think the, there are like other messages for people who aren't even football fans also in there. Just like lives well lived, talking to people yeah. in their 80s and 90s. I, I, I learned a ton being with them um, about, you know, like commitment and hard work and taking the long view. I, I tend to sweat the small stuff. Uh, they taught me a lot about, you know, kind of how you deal with bumps in the road. They laugh like crazy. They're four of the funniest people I've met. Um, so that I think is a key to life for them too. Um, so I, I like, I couldn't wait for my kids to watch it. Cause I thought that, um, I think there's a lot, there are a lot of cool messages for, you know, grandkids, grandparents, whatever, you know, everybody great entertainment for the whole family. For the whole family. Um, well, you mentioned the history, which is so true. I mean, the fact that, first of all, 81-year-old Norma Hunt, who I could not figure out early on, is she significantly younger than all the rest of these women, or is she just <laughs> super stylish, incredibly well put together? And the answer is Very she's stylish. 81. And I, when I'm 81, will probably just be dragging around an old comforter wrapped around me like a cocoon. And she is just rocking leather jackets and t- yep, tight pants yep. and High beautiful heels. hair, just always put together and just so kind to everybody but yeah she's been to every single super bowl every single one which is insane and the history behind that and then you know martha firestone ford um that you know i love that it was mentioned by one of her children from being never really allowed to participate in sports to being the principal owner of an nfl team that shows (laughs) you history right there in one person's lifetime yeah so she um she 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 took over the team at 88 years old was when Bill Ford died. She also has this, this very interesting history. Like she's the fire, she's the daughter of Harvey Firestone, who's the tire magnet, right? Um, big industrial family, and she marries Bill Ford, who's the son of you know he was the, the, the Ford heir to the Ford Motor Company. So it's kind of the Motown merger. Um, and I said, gosh, that was in the newspaper front page, the whole thing. And she said, I don't, I don't really remember any of that. I just was in love. I was 19 years old, right? They were married for so long, lived that she learned football because he loved football, right? She knew this is how it was going to be. She wasn't as a young woman as they were not in those days, really allowed or expected to play sports. She learned it. She lived it. Her kids lived it. And in 88, he passes away and she takes over the team. And I, I can't even imagine the pressure from the media and others just saying an older woman can't manage this team, right? And she's very clear about saying, first of all, we didn't talk about it. We're very private, but I was prepared for this. He and I talked about it. And this was the plan. And I want to win a Super Bowl, too. I'm frustrated. I'm just as frustrated yeah. as the fans are. So she held this press conference and said, fans, I hear you. And I'm changing the leadership of this team. The general manager is being replaced. The coach is being replaced. And it's a new era. And I'm here. And it's that was five years ago. She's 93 and still going to everything. All the owners meetings, she goes to training camp and the draft and everything. It's um, they're, they're all so remarkable. Each one I talk about, and I'm like, you won't believe this about this woman. And then you talk about the next one, and it's, um, that she's just as amazing as the previous one. Yeah, and it's not just about, it. There, like you mentioned, there's something about talking to people in their 80s and 90s that is very, I don't know if humbling is the right word, but it's a good reminder of all the history that we don't know about and on the lives Definitely. that have been lived and what we can learn from them. And not only that, but like you mentioned, taking over ownership of Anything at 88, I don't care if it's a corner store, is a big deal. So to do it with an NFL team is remarkable. And, you know, you mentioned Virginia McCaskey. She has been the matriarch of the Bears for a long time um, because 
you know, her brother passed in 79 and then George Hallis said it would be left to her when he died in 83. So it's been a really long time that she's been sort of at the top of that team. And she, of all of them, because of her father being, you know, George Hallis and having created the NFL, uh, had such incredible stories about how the league began, the franchise price for a team being a hundred dollars when it started. <laughs> and she had that great line of like, sorry to the current owners. <laughs> right? yeah. Like it's not quite that easy to get a team now. Um, but then I love the story about Red Grange and how she, as a very young kid before she was even aware of it, was used to help kind of help him get through these promotional tours, right? Yeah, she she was on the barnstorming tour. So I mean, she just paints such as an incredible picture of you know that was the first first question I asked her. Tell us what professional football was like in the 1920s, right? We don't know. <laughs> and it was it was a hobby first of all for George Hallis. He had he made money in other jobs. This was something he just loved. So he bought this company football team called the Decatur Staleys for a hundred dollars. They became the Bears, but that wasn't a you know the the NFL had was not in existence. Um, that was what they created and. It certainly was not popular. So he went out and as a marketing tool, really, um, got Red Grange. He was this hot college football player. I was actually trying to describe to a friend of mine who does not watch football, um, who screened the movie, and she said, who? I had never heard of this Red Grange guy. And I said, oh, I don't know, like the Tom Brady of his day? I don't know. Everybody would have known right. who he was, right? I don't know who to compare him to. Um, and they put him on a barnstorming tour on a train going, trying to promote the game of football and create an industry. And he was exhausted everywhere he went, according to her, that people were asking for autographs and it's just too much um, some days. And so there were days when he, she would be on the tour with her parents. She was three, probably three years old, three and a half years old. And she, he would pick her up and camouflage, put a hat on, pick her up. So he'd look like a commuter or a father getting off a train. So people would bother her. Um, and I don't want to like spoil all That's the stories great. in the film, but she also tells yeah. this crazy story about the little boys on the playground who are saying, you don't know Red Grange. And then she goes back to her dad yeah. and she, <laughs> then she brings back proof. Let's just say that. Uh, yeah. So just to have that in her mind, she's 96, is so pristine. She can tell you things mm -hmm. of when she was five, six, seven years old, and then she can tell you what happened in the game this past weekend, um, you know, in great yeah, detail. Yeah, that's the only part that's missing is what are what vitamins are they taking? Uh, can I find, can I please find uh, Norma Hunt's hairdresser slash facialist? Like, because that's, that's the only thing missing is how are they so sharp and, and put together and smart at that age? Um, it's a great movie. People, I think, Anyone who's interested in football will love it. And I think, like you said, if you look deeper into it, there's also some really incredible lessons about female independence and women who are far ahead of their time. I mean, you mentioned, I don't want to t tell all the stories, but Virginia painting the gutters and getting eloped and going yeah. against a lot of what people would have, have assumed of a woman back then. So um, it's just fantastic. And uh, again, for those who are going to watch it, you can obviously look it up, but it'll be debuting on ESPN at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, August 25th, and then on ABC at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, September 1st. Um, Last thing about the movie, what would you say when you went in, knowing these women a little bit, um, was the most surprising or what, what was so different than your expectations in terms of doing the film? Um, I think it would be, I knew they were intense football fans um, because they had to be, right? And I have spent my life with intense football fans. I'm married to the most intense football fan. Um, their passion for the game was way deeper than even I expected, like unrivaled. So that was a big negotiation trying to shoot this film. 
why would I want someone in my box with a camera shooting me while the game is on? No, that is distracting to me. You are not allowed to talk to them during the game. Um, So that actually was a real sticking point with how many minutes we were allowed at what point in the game to be in there on the sideline. Are you kidding me? We don't want you on the sideline because they are all in. Just one very quick story. It was August and we were shooting... um, in Pat Rooney's neighborhood in Pittsburgh, really, really hot, big time heat wave, high 80s, very humid. And I, we were supposed to do a walk and talk through Pittsburgh. And I said, Pat, listen, it's really, it's so, you know, nasty out. You're 86 years old. Let's do it tomorrow. It's supposed to, the heat's supposed to break. And she just looked at me and smiled and said, tomorrow's game day. We're not shooting a movie on game day. You moron. Yeah, it was a preseason game too. That is how they look at it. They are such incredible fans of the game, which I love. Those are my kind of ladies. Yeah, and there's some, I will ruin them. There's some great stories about that, too, and, you know, how they were tested to see if, to make sure if they were going to make it in a relationship with a football fan by doing things like five games in three days. Uh, So it's great. Um, Well, it's so great to talk to you about it, and I look forward to other people getting to see it. But before I let you go, you have to do the one thing that everybody does, but nobody expects. Didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. That's right. The 10 questions everybody gets and nobody expects. Number one, what's your desert island album? You can only have one. Um, well, my teenagers would tell you I'm a little lame because I've had the same <laughs> two favorite albums since seventh grade. Oh my gosh! Uh, which my daughter got a turntable. Um, she's 18, nice. and this these are what I these are what I bought her. I don't know if I guess I'm not allowed to have two. Um, it's hmm, it's you Rolling Stones. Okay. Oh, good. It's Rolling Stones, uh, Sticky Fingers, Exile on nice. Main Street. I would say this is probably like not um, PG, but I would say I would bring Sticky Fingers if I only had to bring one, because then it would give me something to do with the cover of the album, if anybody remembers. Okay. The cover of the album of Sticky Fingers is interactive. Let's just leave it at that. That's how old <laughs> I am. You're going to have to go Google that now. <laughs> so. So, oh, so I that's guess that's what, I, that's what I bring, the stones for sure. That's great. Uh, and everybody, definitely please Google that. Uh, number two, <laughs> what habit or quality do you think has contributed most to your success? Oh, Googling. That's it. That's it. I am. I don't know what I did before. I don't think I had a habit or quality. Maybe I wasn't su- any success of any success before. Um, I am a, an amazing Googler. Really fast. Yeah. I know what question to ask. I do. T- I take great t- pride in that too. People are like, "How did you find that?" I'm like, "I know what words to put in." Yeah, and my even yeah. my teenagers admit like you're really good at that. It is a problem though because some people don't like that. So like we were at a dinner a couple of years ago, and Roger said afterwards, you know, nobody likes that. Everybody, if you're if you're asking at the table, like uh, I don't know who invented shoelaces, that's just people just want to wonder. They don't want to know the answer. But you would oh, I'm the opposite. And you tell everybody the answer. I was like, oh, no, I don't like wondering. I like to know. Exactly. That's great. Anyhow, so I guess that's Uh, annoying to people, but that is my my habit. It works. Uh, Number three, what would you consider your biggest failure? No, go on. Um, Well, it's probably documented on the Internet. Google again. (laughs) Google again. Um, I I make a lot of, like... The mistakes, uh, you know, when you're on air, you just make mistakes and they end up living forever. Um, uh, maybe not thinking before I speak. Probably there's a bunch of those. I don't know if that one stands out or thinking before I uh, type. Um, 
I, I do like that you just told everyone to Google to find your biggest failure, and then they're going to no. find all of them. I don't know how many there are, but, oh, wait, is um, this when you tried to say something about a top something? Oh, there's that one, too. I wasn't even thinking of that one. <laughs> See, yeah. that's the well, problem, right is up, you're going to so end like... up like... <laughs> Give it up, right? I just like have had to give it over to the internet. They're going to live there and people are going to, and I just, Uh, at some point I've cried over them and I now I just have to find a way to laugh over it. That's right. And then everything, everybody lived, everybody moved on. So it's okay. Um, Number four, have you ever been in a fist fight? No, I would love to be in a fist fight. I like, I I, I push everything down. Right. And then I don't sleep at night, but like, right. oh, I would love it. I would just so love it'd be better. it. But I, yeah, I never will. Um, so it all just stays under there. can't expect you and the bagel boss to be uh, <laughs> fighting each other in a highly, pay, you know, pay-per-view. <laughs> no, I don't think so, but you never know. You never know. You never know. Uh, have you been in a fist fight? Uh, no, I have not. I have oh, not. okay. Yeah. I think, you know, it wouldn't really be a fair fight with most ladies. And so the one time I had the opportunity to get in a fight, she was just small and lame looking. And I was like, you know, this oh, isn't going to do good mm. things for me if I break this girl's face. So, yeah, I'm not like the, super athletic. The high so I road. don't think I'd be very good. You're really athletic. So you'd I'm be very athletic, but I'm also someone who doesn't believe that violence is the answer to really anything. So okay, I, well, I took the I high like road that. and walked good away. For you. Yeah. And my dad was like, you didn't even like push her. I'm like, no, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, number five, if you could switch lives with anyone for a day, who would it be? Um, oh, I know. Uh, VMAC, Virginia McCaskey. Oh, VMAC. Um, okay, we got a new nickname here. <laughs> uh, for sure, I think just I would love to be, first of all, the number one Bears fan for a day. That would be awesome. And to be 96 and have have my memory so perfect that I can yeah. recall everything that's happened and just have that long view on life. Um, oh, I think that'd be great. I would like to switch with her for a day on game day. Like maybe the yeah. kickoff day. Maybe that would like be awesome. Pa- Bear Packer, 100th Bears anniversary Bears in the kickoff. Super Bowl this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. Let's do that. <laughs> uh, number six, what's the most embarrassed you've ever been? Now you're just bullying me. <laughs> These are the same <laughs> questions for everybody. <laughs> because now I'm going to have to say it's all out there online. <laughs> right. Again, Google it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Embarrassing things like that I've done or said publicly that like I've just I've had to accept. And I had to come <laughs> home basically a couple of years ago and say to my kids, you know, those things that I tell you not to do, like this is going to be a learning experience. Yes. I'm like, I, yes. I just did them. You didn't do them. I just did them. So, right. I imagine um, this has something to do with social media accounts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, I'd like for people who don't know, I just was, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I just don't sleep a lot. And I was trying to defend my husband who was getting beat up and I went on Twitter and like, yeah. Oh, Listen, you, Kevin okay. Durant, and a number of other very successful people have <laughs> really found themselves it's at the not brink. It's thing to do, though. Like, I'm so, I'm so logical and like, I just, it was so not, it was just not a thing that I would normally do and I was embarrassed and... Listen, if anyone knows that Twitter board. trolls will push you to be someone you're not, it's me. <laughs> I have plenty of experience. Well, uh, I've given up the junk. I'm not on it. So yeah, yeah. all I do well, is like news on there now. I don't do anything. People, no always, yeah. people always ask my husband, like, what does he th-? I'm like, he doesn't read my comments because he would mm-hmm. not 
handle it no, very well. So it's better to just stay away from well. it and let me handle it. Um, oh, this is no. actually a good little piece of advice. I interviewed yeah. Reese Witherspoon at, um, a few years ago, and she I said, I said, her. what's your advice for social media? And she goes, she's so cute. She goes, don't scroll down. <laughs> so we love had it. T-shirts made that said, don't scroll That's down. That's great. I love that. <laughs> um, number seven, what's the thing about yourself you'd most like to improve? Uh, I think be, uh, be more chill as the kids say, be more chill. Um, I, I'm like super curious and I like to think a lot and ask a lot of questions and, um, I just like to slow it down in my brain. That be more so chill. familiar. It sounds really familiar. Uh, number <laughs> eight, meditate. this one is very appropriate for both of us. If you okay. could be the commissioner of life for a day, what oh, one wow. rule would you enforce that all of society would have to adhere to? Oh, I'm so cheesy and basic, but I like I'm a big believer. I say my kids all the time, just be nice. Yeah. Like understand that somebody has like maybe has something going on. Just be nice and move on. Be thankful that you're not unhappy, even though they're having a bad day. You're having a good day. Be nice to them and move on. Yeah. Empathy, I think, is like the thing that we're all very sorely lacking right now. Uh, Number nine, what's the most scared you've ever been? Mm. Oh, my daughter was hurt a few years ago. And as I said, I consider myself to be like pretty, I I can usually handle, I was a reporter, so I could be calm in the midst of a storm and that kind of stuff. And she was hurt and I blacked out on the kitchen floor of no use to anyone, uh, which really made me mad. And I was so terrified, I guess, that I just completely blacked out. I can't tell you what happened because if I tell you, she's fine, but if I tell you how she was hurt, then I might black out again and then you're going to have like dead air. <laughs> I assume there was like blood involved and then you saw the blood yes. and then you were like, oh yeah, my God, there was I'm so terrified. involved oh, and God. like, um, oh. that was, that was it. But I was really mad at myself because I'm like, oh no, I was supposed to be the person who managed the route to the hospital and there I was like flat out. So. Oh. Um, Gosh, that, that is terrifying. It. And a lot of people yeah. have said at some point their kid getting hurt or hitting their head or doing something has been by far the scariest moment for them. So you are, yeah. you are none of them have p- passed out, but that's fine. Like we all handle yeah. things differently. So. <laughs> uh, Unfortunately, that was the way I handled it. Yeah. <laughs> Not so helpful to everybody uh, you else. You didn't make but. it worse, at least. <laughs> um, I don't know. They had to get another stretcher. So what that is true. You? We're two patients. <laughs> um, number 10, what three words would you most hope that people would use to describe you? Oh, um, I think good friend. Uh, I would hope uh, generous uh, with time and everything else. Um, uh, and I would say maybe kind of smart. I guess that's more than three words. Good friend, generous, kind of smart. Five words. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe that I'll would be my it. wish. I'll allow it. Okay. They, would, they would describe you as someone who likes, you know, run on sentences and portmanteaus where you put words <laughs> together. So. Um, the the uh, bonus listener question, if you had one person to call to help you hide a body, who would it be? Oh. Hmm. Boy, I have a, actually a few people that I could, which <laughs> means I have some very good friends. Um. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble because she's she would not be insulted by this, but it's going to sound non PC. But um, I have a very good friend who is um, I don't know, I'm going to get in trouble. She <laughs> describes she's Italian and she describes herself as kind of a gangster. 
Oh, okay. So, so I'm not trying to, to be politically incorrect. Done. Yes. But she would, we always say we'd kill for each other. So <laughs> uh, I actually can't say her name because I don't want to get her in trouble or for saying that. But yes. um, she you describes her it that mind. way. So I'm not yes. trying to insult anyone for the record before I get yelled at. No, you're fine. Um, I think if, if I she have, knows that I she'd help you hide a body, yeah. then yeah. <laughs> uh, it's nobody like, no famous person. It's just yeah. a friend. Um, and then finally, who would you recommend I have on the podcast? Who's a good person to talk to? Oh, oh, I have lots of good ones for you. Um, have you ever had Lindsay Vaughn on? I haven't. She would be a really good Oh, she's so good. I interviewed her actually at the annual meeting um, this year, and she's so funny and unafraid and hilarious. She's hilarious. Um, yeah, she would be and a good just, She's great. I'm also really obsessed with the guys from Queer Eye. Oh, me too. Have you ever watch Queer yes. Eye Fab Five? Yes, you could have course. them on. I, w- I would love to have JVN on. I think he's just magical. Uh, and his yeah, Instagram full of like gymnastics and ice skating. <laughs> like, just, I-, I'm, I find him fascinating. Okay, you need to ask him. I will. Um, and I think Virginia I, McCaskey. Know. After watching oh, yeah. the movie, I was like, someone's got to get all these stories and make sure that they're all documented and told before, you know? Yeah, she might do it. She's done a couple of interviews after this one. We, like, broke the ice with her, and now she's she's becoming a movie star. Well, I'll um, just tell her that, uh, you, that you sent me. Like, you know, <laughs> no, don't do that. I'm in trouble. We're best friends. And, yeah. <laughs> um, how about Roger Goodell? Do you have an in? Do you know someone? Oh, I don't know. I can see. If you're nice to me, I can see what I can like. Well, maybe drop that in over dessert some night. All right. Perfect. That sounds, uh, he would that love sounds it. like a I good one. He's really funny. So he's funny, yeah. too. I know that I know that's hard to believe because that is not how the media <laughs> portrays him. He is superhuman, super nice, and very funny. So well, believe it or I'll not. Well, we'll have to come on and prove news, it. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Well, this was so fun, and I look forward to everyone seeing the movie. It was great to talk to you. Thank you so much. You too. Go Scouts. That's right. And Bears. <laughs> <laughs> 